0: Hey fam, it's Lexi here to welcome you to the You Can Through Christ podcast. I am so honored and excited you're here. I pray these words give you the confidence to know you can do all things through Him. He is for you, loves you, and made you for an exact purpose for this life and the one to come. Stay tuned to find out. To start, I want to give a shout out to the marriage I look up to the most, my parents who have been married 35 years. Most of the wisdom from this episode is a combination of their advice with scripture, and I can't wait to see how it will impact your relationships. When looking for a husband or a wife, my friend Caleb Kunze once said, run as fast as you can toward God, and if someone is able to keep up, introduce yourself. Even if you are not married and currently dating, I highly recommend you listen as the practice starts now for your future marriage. Genesis 1, 27 through 28 says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Everyone has relationship struggles. So what is the difference? Why do some stay together and others divorce? Knowing can deny relationships are very challenging. So then what produces the joy and bliss in relationships as well? Not just in a marriage, but in general, it seems people are depending on their spouses, their jobs, their athletic careers, and other achievements in their life for fulfillment. As a little girl, everything I watched, whether movies, TV shows, or general cultural influence, make you feel as if you need a soulmate to complete you. Marriage is the most beautiful gift God has given us in a relationship other than a relationship with Him. It's the most important important relationship next to His. However, it was never meant to fulfill you but to be a part of the fulfilling plan and purpose God has for your life. The problem with looking for your spouse to fulfill you is they're not perfect. And I know I did not just tell you something you didn't already know, right? They can never fully meet all your expectations. Only God can. When you have a clear concept of this in your marriage, it helps, it helps you show your husband or wife more grace resulting in more enjoyment of your relationship. First Corinthians 13, one through eight and verse, and verse 13 says, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clang- clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. love never fails and now these three remain faith hope and love but the greatest of these is love when you move mountains you will be satisfied for a moment then it leaves us empty over and over again unless you are in love with and have love from the one who made the mountain and gives you the ability to move it in the first place you will not find the purpose of life which is love God himself. One of the qualities of love is patience. How do we acquire patience and keep from being easily angered? Understanding that your husband or wife is not perfect and showing them grace. Seeing their side and perspective through empathy and realizing how in love God is with them. Love does not envy. It is so easy to get jealous of your spouse. The key is realizing you are on the same team. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Oh man, this is tough. Where is the line between forgiving and forgetting? I believe we should never keep a record of wrongs in the sense of condemning your spouse for their mistakes. However, you can communicate and ask them to work on certain aspects of your relationship with you in order to help one another in the downfalls. When your love is rooted in Christ, it never fails. It always hopes and it always perseveres. Faith and hope are important, but the greatest commandment is love. Love fulfills every single commandment in the Bible because only by love and through love, which is the person of Jesus, can we fulfill the purpose and relationships God has placed in our lives. Marriage needs three team players to reach its full potential. Ecclesiastes 4, 9-12 says, Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves a cord of three strands is not quickly broken. Think of Jesus as the coach. When you are out on the field playing, the coach sees the big picture, what the defense or enemy has in store and can see your teammates in a way you can't by their work ethic, their gifts, and their talents. When you love Jesus first, you will love your husband or wife better than if you put them first. When you pray for your spouse, You are going to the direct source that knows them better than anyone and can counsel you in the next play to make. When Jesus is at the center, it will not fall apart. Not because we don't fall apart, because we do all the time, but because he doesn't. This will take a lot of forgiveness as marriage is two sinners living together. However, God is enough to give you the power to cherish something about your spouse. You will never agree on everything. That would not be an actual relationship, but more like a robotic partnership. The key is being patient to understand one another when you do not agree, and using each other's disagreements or thoughts to strengthen your relationship or figure out a compromise together. James 5.16 says, Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is always effective. When your spouse hurt you or you have hurt your spouse, apologize. We get upset or hurt by someone or when we do, the first thing that calms us down is the individual genuinely apologizing admitting they were wrong. When someone confesses their sins to you, realize how much courage it takes for them to do so. so. When your teammate falls on the field, Do you just leave them there or are you going to help them back up? What about when our feelings come and go? Even the days you do not feel love you can choose it. 1 John 4 19 says we love because he first loved us. There is no falling out of love because love is a choice. Love is truly made known when feelings fade because love comes from God who is love himself. He is always constant love represents commitment to someone even when the feelings come and go don't get me wrong there are many amazing feelings that come with loving your husband or wife or if you are in a relationship but talk to any married couple they will tell you these feelings are not around all the time i do not want your relationship to come and go like feelings do Always pray for each other and for your own hearts toward your spouse. Think about it. God knows your spouse better than you do, and he always will. He knows their deepest desires and struggles. Who better to talk to about them with? Many say about their spouse that they have become incompatible. The thing is, as human beings, we're all incompatible, every single person and relationship. I think of it in the way we don't divorce our siblings when we are mad at them or our parents because you're family. If you're struggling right now because they are driving you crazy, I notice we get consumed with what we focus on. So maybe, just maybe, try writing down what you love about your spouse. Even if it starts completely ingenuine, I would not be surprised if God ends up working in ways you can't imagine and actually makes that list genuine over time. Genesis 2.18 says, The Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. In Genesis 2.20-23, it says, But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. And the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man. The man said, This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. This is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and they become one flesh. Ephesians 5, 21-33 says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ in the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Women, when you submit to your husband, you are submitting to God even if you do not always agree with him. Remember in your submission, even though your husband is flawed and he is not perfect, God is. He gives us this command for a reason that we may not fully understand. As even scripture says, this is a mystery. But our hearts trust in the Lord. Husbands, you have a huge responsibility in return. You are to love your wives as Christ loves the church so much that you are willing to put down your life for her. I really can't think of something more romantic than this, which I think is proof how much God desires romance to be a part of your relationship. Genesis 3.16, talks about how part of the curse from the fall is us girls will now desire to rule over their husbands, but God has made it so that the husband rules over the wife. Submission can be a really scary word. I understand that, but it's because I think we don't really understand what it means. 1 Corinthians eleven three says, But I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. First Corinthians eleven eight through nine says, For man did not come, come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for women, but women for man. Colossians three eighteen through twenty two says, Wives, submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, Love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not embitter your children, or they will become discouraged. Slaves, obey your earthly masters in everything, and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. A wife will actually find joy in submitting to her husband when he loves the Lord, I love my friend Anya Meeks, how she put it. She has 20 years of experience in her marriage and she says, Jesus is my savior. I believe all of his word to be true. I have learned that what he says about marriage is perfect and true. Submission to my husband is his best for me since the day I said I do. That being said, I believe submission to my husband is humbly accepting his headship leadership and protection he has over me. A dying to myself because I am now one with another. Yet, still living with and using the strengths and gifts God has given uniquely to me. When I use them best, they benefit my husband, children, and those around me. But I cannot run with them independently. It can be a disaster and never how God intended it. When I think I know better, I usually ask the Lord to show me through the wisdom of my husband. If I am thinking properly, God made this world with an order, and when we function in that order, it runs smoothly. This is why it is important for me to constantly lift up my husband in prayer for his relationship with God to be at its best. If he has a beautiful union with our Savior, he will lead me well. In relationships where God is not part of the husband's life, I encourage the women to pray and ask God for strength to follow, even when things aren't done perfectly. We then must trust God in his sovereignty with our loved ones. Even in submission, your opinion does matter. I want to emphasize this. You can talk and discuss with your husband how you feel with important decisions within the family. Absolutely. God wants you a part of the process. Just trust your husband has the best interest in mind of you and if you feel truly feel that he doesn't then you trust God has our best interest in mind even if you do not necessarily agree with the decision it is just understanding that as long as your husband is not asking you to sin though or go against God he has the final decision and that's actually a good thing even if you may disagree this is where we need to put our trust in God's sovereignty, that he has the order he does for a reason. I can tell you our natural instinct since the fall is to rebel and want to be the leader as women and to take control of our husbands. But you will be shocked how much happier in your marriage you will be when you submit. It makes it easier for men to love and appreciate us when we serve with joy. You will not regret it. First Corinthians 11, 11 through 12 says, Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born of woman, but everything comes from God. It is easy to say we do not want to submit or respect as husbands may not always display this quality God calls of them consistently. And you know, you're right. Maybe sometimes they aren't deserving of respect, but then we realize none of us deserve grace. This is the whole point of Jesus. Even though we do not deserve grace or forgiveness, Jesus gives it to us anyways out of love. If I was only shown loving grace when I deserved it, trust me, it wouldn't be shown to me. We are to love and show respect because God commands us to regardless of the circumstance. Just as Jesus gave it all for each of us, he will prove it is a good thing. Another challenge marriages can face is relationships with in-laws, but God can use them to be a blessing. I love the story of Ruth and how she stayed faithful to her mother-in-law, Naomi, even though she became an ex-mother-in-law. Ruth 1.16 says, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or to turn back from you. Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, and your God, my God. They had a beautiful relationship. Even though there are many challenges with in-laws, this story can be great to pray over your relationship with them. So you may be listening to this and thinking, what if I really messed up? Or my spouse really messed up? God is more powerful than our free will. We have free will, but it is still limited in the power of a sovereign God. When we come to him in repentance and want to make things right, you bet he will help us. 2 Samuel has the well-known sad story where David sleeps with Bathsheba, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. David then puts Uriah in the front line at war to die. 2 Samuel 11, 26-27 says how Bathsheba mourned for her husband, and then married David. However, what David did displeased God. 2 Samuel 12, 11-18 says how Nathan comes to tell David God is bringing calamity on him, and David admits he has sinned against the Lord. Nathan said God is taking away David's sin, but the consequence of the contempt he has shown for God by his sin is his son born from Bathsheba will die. 2 Samuel 12 20 says, David got up from the ground after he had washed, put on lotions and changed his clothes. He went into the house of the Lord and worshiped. I truly believe David's repentance after he had the affair is what makes David truly a man after God's own heart. Repentance is what makes the difference since he is human just like all of us. You may look at David's story in judgment and think, how could someone do something like that? However, Matthew 5, 27 through 28 says, You have heard it was said, you will not commit adultery. But I tell you, this is Jesus talking, that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. We all have wandering minds and eyes, whether we like to admit it or not. We all have disagreements in our marriage, but the key is taking control of our minds, especially when you are upset with your husband or wife. The second Satan tempts you with interests in others outside your marriage, stop right there. Temptation is inevitable, but your response to temptation is in your control. All of the benefits the enemy tells you when tempted are lies, and if you believe the lies, they will turn into action. The Holy Spirit gives us the power to overcome. Sin, adultery, and unfaithfulness all start in the mind. This means a conscious decision to focus on your spouse. When tempted, I want you to immediately tell your husband or wife you are going on a hot date. Marriage takes this kind of work, but it is good work, which God offers a reward for. Never believe the lies that you married the wrong person or that there is someone better out there just because feelings may temporarily go away. I encourage you to pray God brings back the feelings you desire to come back, as feelings are amazing, they just aren't necessarily truth. Who is to say adultery is wrong if it is justified by that, quote, love feeling with the one they're having the affair with? Adultery is wrong as specifically spoken by God. The reason we have to be careful Of feelings alone as they get changed so quickly think of all of us in our day-to-day lives the enemy loves to take advantage of this you think um it's just casual and then just flirting then just a like on social media then you're meeting for lunch as just friends starting to talk outside of work or wherever you are and before you know it that's when an affair happens once you are married god is saying you made the vow not only to them but also to him God loves you and your spouse so much, he treasures your marriage and he is on your side to make it flourish. Proverbs two sixteen through 17 says, wisdom will save you from the adulterous woman, from the wayward woman with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. Proverbs 5 8 says, keep to a path far from her, do not go near the door of her house, you may start to love how someone else makes you feel and think they are noticing, noticing you more than your husband or wife. You begin to get those, quote, butterflies, which are a lie when used in this way. Satan is leading you to think it will bring fulfillment when it will bring death to your marriage and family. He always, always, always hides the consequences. God is clear to not go near the door or even let the thoughts in because it is so easy for all of us to get entrapped or snared, everybody. It can happen to anyone. Proverbs 6, 20 through 24 says, My son, keep your father's command and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Bind them always on your heart. Fasten them around your neck. When you walk, they will guide you. When you sleep, they will watch over you. When you awake, they will speak to you. For this command is a lamp, and and correction and instruction are the way to life, keeping you from your neighbor's wife, from the smooth talk of a wayward woman. Proverbs 6, 26-29 says, Another man's wife preys on your very life. Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burned? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. It is impossible to have an affair and not have side effects um, spiritually. I tell you this I love. No judgment at all, as I want to keep you from getting burned. In Genesis 39, 9-10, through 10, Joseph says when he is tempted with his master's wife, he says, No one is greater in this house than I. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, speaking to his wife. Because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked and sinful thing against God? And though she spoke to Joseph day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. Joseph literally fled when Potiphar's wife was tempting him. Temptation, as mentioned before, is inevitable in life. We are all going to have it and it is not realistic to pretend like we won't. But whether you flee or not is up to you. I always want to emphasize if you have committed adultery there is grace always this is not to make you feel guilty this is the amazing thing about jesus and now though i encourage you to apply everything we have learned going forward again we are all guilty back to what jesus said it starts in the heart we have all lusted and we've all had those thoughts we are in this together first corinthians 7 2 through 5 says but since sexual immorality is occurring each man should have sexual relations with his own wife and each woman with her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife and likewise the wife to her husband. The wife does not have authority over her own body but yields it to her husband. In the same way, the husband does not have authority over his own body but yields it to his wife. Do not deprive each other except perhaps by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self control. God encourages all married couples to not deprive one another and to stay active in your intimacy. He specifically says that if you're not, you're giving the enemy the opportunity to tempt one of you. The only time is when you are in mutual agreement to refrain for a temporary, let me repeat, temporary time and in order to pray. I cannot emphasize enough how much God created intimacy in a marriage, and it's a good thing. God is not keeping us from the pleasure of sex as he wants people to wait until they are committed to just one person. Instead, he is protecting your heart because he knows how intimate having it is, and it is more than just physical but spiritual. Think about it. He created it for us. Who else would know better? It is the hardest struggle let me repeat the hardest struggle waiting until you are married but it's worth it now if you have already had sex before marriage god does not want you to live in shame and guilt you are so loved and god loves to redeem from here going forward i encourage you to wait until until marriage for your own heart's sake as well as for your future husband or wife's heart the intimacy in your future will be the best because of this i know people have argued Well, sex is our instinct. Well, so is eating. What if we indulge in food every single time we had a craving? There is a purpose behind the self-control, and it is for our benefit. C.S. Lewis addresses how in psychology they talk about repression, and that is to repress our sexual desires is a dangerous thing. He points out repress does not mean suppress or suppress or complete denial. He states that when We're actively regressing a desire. The weight is for something greater, which is committing to one person in this case. Then we are actually that much more aware of how strong the desire is, making intimacy with your spouse even better. Hosea 3, 1-3 says, The Lord said to me, Go, show your love to your wife again, though she is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods and love the sacred raisin cakes. Interesting, I love of all things raisin cakes. <laughs> so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and about a homer and a lethic of barley. Then I told her, You are to live with me many days. You must not be a prostitute or be intimate with any man, and I will behave the same way toward you. Hosea 2.7 then continues to say, Then she will say, I will go back to my husband as at first, for then I was better off than now. This is what God has Hosea say to his wife Gomer as an example of how God was pursuing Israel in our hearts today when we turn to idols instead of him. God continued to fight and show his love toward Israel even when they were having an affair with other gods and countries in his eyes. Even though the Bible does state you are allowed to leave your marriage if your partner has an affair, with God there is always an option for reconciliation and forgiveness. Even though the process will be painful, He knows divorce is extremely painful as well. The reason God does not want you to get divorced is He knows the serious emotional, physical, psychological, and spiritual effects it can have on you when you try to pull apart something that was under a covenant to be won. Marriage is the only time in the Bible we are making a specific vow to God, and the vow to God should be our motivator, especially when you have struggles. Thanks for hanging out with us. For more, go to YouCanThroughChrist.com. You are loved.